Hello and welcome to the State News Sports Podcast. My name is Sam Vetri. I'm the sports editor here at the State News. And with me today is the football beat reporters, Sariti Tirada and Colton Wood. We're going to talk about the MSU football season so far and preview the rest of the season as they get ready for Notre Dame and the rest of the Big Ten schedule. Suichi, what have you seen so far out of this out of this Michigan State Spartans team that you like? I mean, obviously so far so good, two and zero, no complaints. Um, I think one of the things that I have liked to see or that I have seen from this team that's good so far is just their defense. I mean, obviously not allowing a touchdown that's always been good. Um, another thing too is just their running back rotation. They're kind of LJ Scott kind of had like the bulk of the carries, a lion's share against Western Michigan, but. Gerald Holmes and Maduro London obviously had a couple of good games. Maduro London had that first touchdown of the Spartan season against Bowling Green as well. So there are some pieces. I mean, there are definitely some, a few, a few parts of this team that are kind of still concerning. Maybe, um, maybe the pass rush. They did get four sacks against Western though, so that's kind of improved as well. But still a young team. I mean, I, I believe they have ten true freshmen playing currently right now. So young team. Their depth chart has a lot of true and redshirt freshmen, a lot of sophomores as well. So obviously. We'll see how it is. Just two games against two MAC teams, so it's not even in Big Ten, Big Ten play yet. So we'll see how they go for the rest of the year. Colton, anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, what really has been concerning to me has been the the special teams. I know Mark D'Antoni spoke about it, saying that that's the biggest aspect that the team needs to improve on. On punting, Jake Hartbarger having an impressive performance as of late this season: twelve punts, five hundred twenty-six yards, averaging forty-three point. Eight yards, which if the season ended right now, that would be his career high average. But also on the other side, Matt Coglin kicking has not yet kicked a field goal yet. So Are you worried about that? He's a freshman. He hasn't kicked a field goal yet. He's going against <laughs> Notre Dame. Like, how concerned should we be about that? It's no, it's not really concerning. I'm saying that I'm just at least saying that that you know it's just kind of interesting that yet he he said that it was weird that he hasn't had that attempt yet. He said that. The most he's ever had in high school without kicking a field goal was two games. But the th- the aspect that's concerning to me on the special teams is the the kickoff defense. They're 120th after two games out of 129 schools in the kickoff defense with 274 return yards allowing and one touchdown. You know Darius Phillips returned that 100 yard kickoff return um, against last last weekend, and so I mean that's kind of concerning. I mean. Granted, Western Michigan is the first in the uh, FBS in kickoff yards returned. So, you know, well, it's those stats are a little inflated. It's week two, yeah. and he had a yeah. proper touchdown. Those little stats are going to even out. Um, now, fumble issues. That's something that happened a lot first week. Not so much second week, where he made a weird play with the ball just sort of popped out, kind of funny. That was a little bit of a fluke to me, at least. But LJ Scott had two fumbles in the first game. He righted the ship. But how concerned should we be about that moving forward? I yeah, I don't really think it's. A- matter of concern you know the whole team spoke for itself you know Brian Lewerke quarterback said it was just a fluke and D'Antonio said it wasn't really anything to be worried about and you know against Western Michigan he he came back and rebounded from it he had 92 yards and a touchdown so he was able to respond well and wasn't really able to dwell on that for too much so I don't really think it's be a concern for the running back uh, I think he's gonna have a good season I don't really think there's much concern with that in his fumbles. Yeah, I think with just the fumbling, with everything, it is still week two, just two games into the season. It's just kind of these early season jitters. I mean, the one Darius Phillips returned for a touchdown, that's a true freshman in Hunter Rises. So it's just kind of, I believe, just early season jitters, like I mentioned, and just kind of the offense, usually at the beginning of the year, they kind of need to find some kinks. That's kind of what this Bowling Green game and what these Western Michigan games are for. They're to see what this offense has to kind of work out those cobwebs, especially from a long offseason. Um, with no ball practice and Lurie getting new quarterback on the center, redshirt sophomore. So I think they'll smooth itself out. Um, the offense hasn't looked 
necessarily bad by any means, but that's also kind of like a thing for the defense too, just because it is early in the season. We'll see how they, they respond, especially against P5 opponents Notre Dame coming up next next week. So we'll see how, I guess, the rest of the season goes, especially for the offense yeah. and all those fumbling Yeah, issues. I think offensively, like, the offenses look great. Um, it just, the fumbles have just come at very inopportune times, like one yeah. yard line, halfway through a drive. It's, though, like, that's that's taking points off the board. So they just, you get field goals out of those, out of some of those fumble drives. It looked like they were going to get field goals or at least, touch, or maybe even touchdowns out of. That'll solve a lot of the problems on the offensive end. I haven't been too concerned. But as the defense, that secondary, can fans start busting out their old no-fly gear stuff, or no-fly zone gear yet? Or you think that think that we should wait a little bit? That secondary looks pretty good. What do you think, Suichi? I think definitely wait on the no-fly zone. I mean, no, no offense to them. I mean, I was talking to Corey Willis at practice yesterday, and he was telling me that, you know, there's a lot of motivation to get back to that no-fly zone. And it kind of started out with Dark Woods and our kind of saying no-fly zone, but it kind of applied to the entire secondary, to that entire 2013 defense that was obviously tops in the nation. So, but... Yes, definitely. Let's let's back up a little. Um, one thing I think that needs to be addressed is that James Morgan's Bowling Green and uh, Western Michigan John Mossick, they're not as good of a quarterback as MSU is going to see the rest of this year. And I think that's very telling just because, I mean, James Morgan came in last year. He had a good redshirt fresh, freshman campaign for the Falcons last year in 2016. But he's still a young quarterback. I mean, he wasn't playing like a P5 defense anytime soon, especially... You know, being 4-8 and eight in the MAC last year, Bowling Green was. And then John Wassink was, I mean, that was his second start. He looked, passing the ball, he looked very bad against USC. Um, I don't want to dig into him too hard. I mean, I believe he's a retro sophomore. First ever start on the road against a, that number four team in the country, so I don't want to, like, rag him or anything. But he's not a, he's not an established passer, and I don't think James Morgan was either. I think, I mean, they had some talent. Bowling Green had that Scott White kid who was an all-MAC player. Um... Western, I mean, D'Antonio mentioned it as well after the game against Western, that they have players. Like, every team has players, even in the MAC. But this this isn't, you know, like, even Michigan, they have a slew of good true freshman wide receivers. This isn't, you know, like an Ohio State. JT Bears probably better than both of them as quarterbacks. And I think that's very telling us because he's been struggling this year. So I think we should definitely wait on the no-fly zone a little bit. They played well, don't get me wrong. Like, I think Kari Willis is something like the second or third leading tackler right now. So... But let's let's back it up a little bit. It is only two games Fair in a year. We're Fair heading enough. we're heading into a bye week. I mean Notre Dame is kind of on the horizon next next week with a bye week coming up. But let let yeah. Speaking of what we got coming up, we're finally moving out of that that non conference schedule. I know Notre Dame is still technically an independent, but we play them more often than not, so I can include them as roughly as part of our Big Ten schedule now. But we're finally moving into some teams that are going to be a challenge. Like we, sh- Michigan State should beat Bowling Green and Western Michigan every year. That's something that should happen. But you know, this year now we're moving into teams that they might not necessarily be favored to beat. What do you guys see coming up as they start playing some tougher competition? Well, I, I saw or I heard that you know there was a lot of talk this all season with this team starting out four zero. You know, just playing the two MAC teams and then Notre Dame and Iowa. Their Notre Dame, you know, last season they they Michigan State had that good impressive win and you, they kind of let up a little bit near the fourth quarter but you know and then Iowa still they had their 2015 season but still not really as that elite of a Big Ten school and then when they go into Michigan the, to go 5-0 and is that potential where where it could get you know you don't really know with this team right now 2-0 and looking impressive on the defense granted it is two MAC teams you still don't really know exactly what this team is going to do you, you don't know where their ceiling is you don't know how they can go but um I, I think the game against Notre Dame on s- next Saturday is really going to be the testament to how this team is knowing with that 
that nice opponent, the classic rivalry matchup that they've had in this history. And then when you get to Iowa, it's the same thing. And then, of course, with Michigan, that's where it's really going to be the, the test, too. And uh, one thing I just want to add is that Notre Dame, um, I wrote a column about it Monday. These, this Spartan team hasn't played in front of like a national audience by any means. I mean, playing on ESPNU and BTN is very different from an 8 p.m. game prime time on Fox against Notre Dame. I mean, D'Antonio said it himself yesterday. This is probably one of those classic college football games. I mean, I know Michigan versus Notre Dame gets all the highlights, but Notre Dame and Michigan State, uh, when I was writing my timeline, they, they played before the Spartans and Wolverines have ever met. So I'm very interested to see how a young team responds to the prime time, kind of the national attention, because obviously early in the year last year, they had, you know, they were ranked in the AP poll, they played Notre Dame, had that great win, I believe it was in week three, uh, to go up 2-0, but that's different. Like, basically... What I'm just trying to say is that these last few months, MSU has only been in the national spotlight in kind of a negative with all the off-season issues, not to go too much into that, but they've kind of been only in a negative, so this is kind of their first chance to make a first impression on the rest of the nation, who's going to be watching this game. It's an 8 p.m. game, night game, and Notre Dame, I mean, they have such a big fan base. A lot of fans are going to be watching, so we'll see how a young team like this really responds in the sense that, are they going to have, are they going to have jitters? I mean, this is their third game, but... But um, last week, too, uh, Dan was saying that during his press conference, um, so for some of these players, it was his second-ever game against Western. They're going to be excited. They're going to be excited for this Notre Dame game. Um, yeah, we, but at the same time, though, it was only two years ago that we were in the play- that Michigan, I'm sorry, Michigan State was in the playoff. Yeah. They have had big games before. There is so, There are some seniors on this team. So yeah. I, I hear a lot about senior, about freshmen coming in and making a, and have, have not have a lot of experience. And I get that. I do. But... These senior, these senior leaders got to step up. Guys like Shane Jones, Chris Ray, those Eagle Council guys, they got to step yeah. up. Um, so what uh, what other things you seeing out of this upcoming uh, schedule, Colton? What do you see? Any games that you've got circled that you're interested in? Well, obviously, I'm, re- I'm really interested in this Notre Dame game. You know, this is the first time that they had a team that is close to being ranked. They number 24th when they played number 15th, Georgia, last week. And they, they kept it close. I think it was 20. 20 to 19, I think is what the, the score was, and they ended up losing. But it's still going to be that game that is going to be the true test. With the two games, you know, 2-0, and oh, it's easy to say, oh, this team's going to go undefeated. It's easy to say that. This defense looks great. But really, a game, uh, with a team against Notre Dame, it's really it, that's going to be what you can base it off of. You know, last season, you said they could have said the same thing. This team looked real. This team looked like it could go back to the Big Ten Championship and go through all that. But this, this I think, is going to be the game that really will, will show what the future is in Michigan State. Yeah, this, this Notre Dame game, I think, will definitely be a big test for this for this team because say what you want about Notre Dame and the way they coach and the way that that program is run, that team's going to have talent just from all the, just the pure recruits they get, by all the four and five stars. People still want to go to Notre Dame. They're going to have NFL-level talent at some point on that, somewhere on that roster. But say what you want about the team. But there's it's going to be a fun test. It's going to be a fun game. Um, what about uh, what about the Big Ten uh, Big Ten schedule? They got some there's some games coming up. We're not too far out of Big Ten season. Yeah, so I think these next three games, Notre Dame, Iowa, Michigan, are going to be very telling. We don't really know how good. It. Yeah, I mean we don't know how good Iowa is, but I mean they're two and zero. They beat you know Iowa State on the road last week. They might be a good team, and obviously you have Michigan the very next week. Is that Iowa game away? Iowa game is at home. It's at home. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Playing at Iowa stuff. Yeah, playing at Iowa stuff. I mean, Michigan, Michigan fans should know that, especially yeah. after last year. But I guess what I'm just trying to say is that the beginning of Big Ten play is is tough because then you get maybe a Minnesota team that might be good with PJ Fleck, and you get Indiana who might be good. And who knows? After that is Northwestern. Kind of going down this list here, those teams aren't very team. Those teams aren't teams that we know are established. Kind of like 
that being said, those are teams that Michigan State struggled with last year. Yeah, for sure. But I guess what I'm just trying to say is this next week game is stretch is going to be very telling to see how I guess how good this team is, how good how legit this team is, because I think Western Michigan might be a good team. I think we're one thing that hasn't really been talking about was that going into the game against MSU, um, the Broncos were a good team. Um, they you know they played very well against USC. They had they they were kind of garnering that national attention. So Western and I mean obviously last year thirteen and one I believe MAC champions, Cottable Classic birth, all that kind of stuff. So Western Michigan might be good, but this next three games, you know, we'll know if MSU is legit or not because that's kind of the whole point of this season just to see how D'Antonio and his program bounces back from 3-9 in 2016. So I know you just said that you really want to wait and see what these next three games hold for, hold for the Spartans, but I gotta ask, <laughs> end of the season, what would you consider to be a disappointment for the Spartan football team? What record would you consider this to be a disappointment? I think a disappointment is missing a bowl game because in D'Antonio's first however many years, I believe nine years, they all... The MSU made a bowl game every year. Even in his first year, I believe they went six and six, went to a bowl game against I think Boston College. But if they go five and seven, if they don't have a marquee win against Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, or maybe a different team, that that's a disappointing season for me. Just because MSU fans kind of um, they had to kind of redial their expectations into this into their team in the sense that no. MSU probably wasn't going to be a double-digit powerhouse every year from now on. And that's a disappointment. That's a disappointment from the fans' perspective. I understand that. However, if they were... I, I know a lot of fans I talked to that were kind of hoping for six wins, seven wins just for a bowl game. My personal predictions was seven and five with probably a marquee win over one of Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State. But if they don't get that, if they go five and seven and it's just a disappointment, that's, especially after going two and out to start the year. If it was one and one and they go maybe five and seven, it'd be like, okay, well... Maybe maybe they were bad. They lost to a MAC team to start the year. But after a 2-0 start, taking care of two opponents that they should have beaten, I think um, going 3-7 and seven the rest of the way will be absolutely a disappointment. It shows that the Big Ten is a lot better, according to the national pundits and all that, but it also shows that MSU is kind of lagging behind their conference counterparts, yeah. which bodes very poorly for the future. You had to expect the Big Ten would get better at some point, though. The teams that Michigan State were beating were, it was, that was Michigan State's, when they were on their big run a few years yeah. ago, it was... Brady Hoke was the head coach of Michigan, yep. and Luke Fickle was the head coach of Ohio State. Like the big, the Big Ten was going to adjust at some point. You kind of yeah. had to see that coming. Colton, what about you? End of the year, make I, a break I, point. Where is it? I think honestly, at seven, eight wins. Because when you when you look back at last season, yeah, they had that disappointing three nine season. But then when you look at the games that they had, they kept it close. You know, even with Michigan and Ohio State, the that were fighting for a national championship and Big Ten championship, they still lost by. And one possession game, you know, where against Michigan, I think it was two because of the, the returned uh, two-point conversion by Julius Peppers, but then Ohio State was a 17-16 loss. So, and then, of course, the heartbreak with Indiana and all those schools. But I, I think that, honestly, this team is in a better position to, when it's a close, narrow-fault win, to over those you know, unknown kind of smaller schools in the Big Ten to to prevail and to win. So I think you know seven eight wins you know is gonna is gonna get them to what I think is their ceiling, and I think anything other than that would be kind of disappointing because I wouldn't say the six win seasons expected or anything. I think they're expected to have a better season than that. Right. So Suichi for you, bowl game, Colton you a little bit higher, seven eight wins. That's kind of where I'm at as a fan, I think. Um, they're, they're definitely going to be better than last year. We've seen that already. But 
it's it's a very young team as we just discussed yeah. throughout this podcast. They're a very young team. They're going to get better, but as for right now, seven eight wins, bowl game area. That's kind of where I see them yeah. as well. And I think one thing too with MSU that I kind of want to mention is that this is still a talented team. A few years ago, during those twenty during that run during the 2015-2015, the big thing about D'Antonio and his squad was that oh, they're turning these two three star recruits into you know into these national caliber players, and now here we are. The last few years, Antonio's recruiting classes have been very strong. These these guys are talented players, and we're, we're kind of seeing that on the field now. I mean, Josiah Scott, he was, I believe, a three-star now. He's one of those star, starting quarterbacks for this team. So I I wouldn't be surprised if MSU kind of goes on like a 9-3 nine, nine and three season. I honestly wouldn't just because of the talent on this team. I don't think anybody expects it. But we've seen breakout stars. We've seen the 2013 Spartans. We've seen the 2015 Penn State in the Big Ten East. So... I guess just kind of putting it out there that anything is possible. This is still a talented team. I think people are really forgetting that. They're young, but they're very talented. They're getting playing time now. It's a rebuilding year, yes, but down the road, MSU, I believe, will be very strong. So who knows? They might even shock the world this year. Right. I'm going to agree with you on that because, you know, Michigan State, as you kind of said, they're kind of known for having those two, three-star recruits and then developing them and, you know, proving everyone wrong by that. Like, Le'Veon Bell, I'm pretty sure he – he was a two or three star. He was a two or three star. He wanted to go to Ohio State, I think, and then he ended up getting an offer from Michigan State because he didn't really get any big time offers. And then he gets Michigan State, and then he goes there and he performs and ends up now he's going insane in the NFL. So it's just really how they develop those players this year is going to be the key. Yeah. Well, Colton, Suichi, thank you guys for joining me. This has been the first uh, first edition, the season preview edition for the Michigan State football. Uh, sorry, the State News Sports Podcast previewing the Michigan State football season. We're going to try and come once or twice a week. Uh, so check us, check out statenews.com for more sports content. Uh, pick up a state news in uh, any, any drop box you see around Michigan State's campus. Yep, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for listening.